We are born with a soul. Most religions agree that we have a soul. What happens to it after we die is where the disagreement happens. But that's not what I'm talking about today. We've been talking about mind, body, and soul and how to be our best self in developing these three parts of who we are. It's hard to focus on one without impacting the others. In fact, they work conjointly and are united. I like what C.S. Lewis says, you don't have a soul, you are a soul. You have a body. I am Chrissy Baki. I'm the hippie Christian who cares. And I have been doing this series on mind, body, and soul. So this is part four because we sort of introduced it in the first episode, then talked about our minds and our bodies, and now bringing it all together with our souls. I do this podcast because I care, which is why I called it the hippie Christian who cares. But I also say, who cares? Like, you don't have to listen to me. This is just my opinion. This is just my thoughts. And sometimes my opinion and thoughts can be changed by your opinion and thoughts. And so I like to hear how people think and what makes them tick and why they love Jesus or don't or question God or wonder why, all kinds of questions. And I think those questions exist in our soul. And so the verse that we started with was Romans 12, 1 through 3. And I'm a big geek Bible reader. And so I like to use the Bible because if you are a Christian, you follow Christ. And Lots of what he has said and done are recorded in the Bible, and lots of people feel differently about the Bible. I really do think it is the living word of God. I believe that men wrote it, and it was inspired by God, and somehow over thousands of years approximately 2,022 years, it still rings true. And so there is something absolutely amazing about the Word of God. So we started this series with Romans 12, um, 1 and 3. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So that talks about transformation, and everybody, I'm sure, would be excited to potentially be like the transformers because they transform and it's just super cool. So that sounds exciting, but the work is kind of on us with the help of God. 
because we need to renew our mind in order to offer our bodies to be holy and pleasing to God, we need to transform by renewing our minds. Mind, body, and soul truly are connected. In fact, heart and soul specifically together, there's like 30 times in the Bible where these words are connected together, both in the Old and the New Testament. So the verse that I want to pull in for today sort of captures how to connect them. Here It's from Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 5, which is Old Testament. And a lot of people often think Old Testament is before Jesus. Well, before human Jesus. But let's not forget that it is God the Father, God the Son, and the God, God the Holy Spirit. And they were all together present as one God from the beginning of time and creation. So in Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 5, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your strength. And so here is a command that has been given. And this command was given um, or spoken, given by God, but spoken by Joshua. And we know that the Ten Commandments were spoken by Charlton Heston. <laughs> That's only funny if you're like 50 or older, and most of you are, so I love all of you. And if you're younger, I love you too. But like legit, if you don't know the movie The Ten Commandments by Cecil B. DeMille, like come on. Google it, look up Charlton Heston, look up Moses, but then also look up who played Joshua. It was John Derrick, and he was super good looking. And yeah, anyways, fun stuff. But Joshua is the one who takes over after Moses. And so he speaks these words, and we're going to come back to them. But I also sort of was looking up Bible verses that had soul in it. And it was interesting because all of these verses that I'm going to share with you talk about people's souls. And so that we do have this thing called a soul. So in 1 Samuel 1.15, Hannah wants to have a baby so bad. And she is in the temple and she is just praying um, and she's praying loudly and she's crying and the, the, um, oh my goodness, I forgot his name. He thinks she's drunk and she's like, Elijah thinks, no, it's, that's not who it is. I'm so annoyed that I have forgotten who the guy is and my brain just stops sometimes. Anyways. I will tell you, not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to God. Have you ever prayed so intensely that you are just pouring out your soul to God? Oh, 
I for sure have been there. And not all the time. You know, prayer isn't always that heavy, but it always connects our soul. The next one is from Job 7.11. And Job, actually, there's a few verses that talk about soul, but here he's saying, therefore, I will not keep silent. I will speak out in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. This is a man who's grieving. He is grieving the loss of his entire family, minus his wife. But his, but his wife gets a little bit tired and says, oh my gosh, curse God and die. Like she just gets frustrated because he is just in deep, heavy grief. The bitterness of our soul. Sometimes we are there. And I like this because, you know, soul, when you say the word soul, it typically has a pretty positive meaning behind it. But sometimes our souls are hurting. Mary speaks of her soul, Mary as in the mother of Jesus. And she says, my soul glorifies the Lord. At this point, she is still pregnant with Jesus and she has got it. She has figured it out. And where she may have been scared when the angel told her she was pregnant and she agrees that, yes, I, I will be the servant of the Lord. Now she is actually glorifying the Lord and her soul is so happy. The Psalms, oh my goodness. They, there's probably 29 or more verses that talk about the soul. The soul is refreshed. It grieves. It rejoices. It yearns. It rests. It thirsts. It is downcast. It longs for God. It is weak and longs for salvation. It praises and it sings. Our soul sings. I kind of like that. It probably sings better than I do. I'm just saying, if I'm next to somebody who sings good, I think I sing pretty good. Or like if I have earphones in, like I think I sing really good. However, if somebody's listening, not so much. We all know that there's been a few times on this podcast that I have tried to sing, but it's not going to happen very often. So there it is, though. Your soul is there, and it's not tangible. Like, you can't get a soul transplant, um, but it it's there, and it's connected to our mind and our body. So what's to come of it? We talked last week when we were talking about the body, about... If you want to be good at something, to go to like the greatest of all time. Well, here's where I suggest um, the best example that the world has ever seen. My friend, Jesus Christ, the one who lived, breathed, died, went to hell and rose again so that he would teach us why our souls matter. 
So what does Jesus say about the soul? Well, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this verse is in all three of them. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Sound familiar? Yep. It's that Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6. Was that what it was? I'm going to scroll all the way up here and then I'm going to lose my spot and then I'm going to sound like a real jerk. Um, well, not a jerk, but just a ding dong. Um, so yeah, it was 4 through 6 in Deuteronomy. Um, but he goes on to say this too. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbors as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And it probably confused a lot of people because they're all about the Ten Commandments. Like that was like those were the top ten. And now Jesus said these are the two greatest commandments. And they're probably thinking, what? What about all these ten? What about that stone tablet that we've been carrying around with us. Truth be told, when you love God and you love others perfectly, you follow all 10 of those commandments. They're real, they're good tips. They're definitely good things to do. Love God and love people. Jesus says it's that simple. He also says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls there. That was Matthew eleven twenty. And 10 verses later in Matthew eleven thirty, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Oh, you know, sometimes when you are just physically and emotionally drained and you can feel it all the way to your core. And when we say that, that's our soul. That is that inmost part of who we are. I actually did look up what soul means, like the de the definition, as I say, the description, the definition, the spiritual or Im immaterial part of a human being regarded as immortal, emotional or intellectual energy um, as it applies to like a work of art or an ar artistic performance, like, oh my gosh, she's got soul. Um, also, there's the African-American culture, like soul food, and I'm not joking you, I love collard greens, and I think you have to have soul to cook them, because I don't know anybody in the Midwest that can cook some good collard greens like I've had in southern states, and so... I throw that challenge out. If you're from the Midwest and you cook good collard greens, hippie Christian, who cares at gmail.com. I would love to come and taste your collard greens. My friend Sandy Coleman also is from the Community Circle Project. Check it out. It's um, the communitycircleproject.com. Such a cool thing. And if you are a teacher or work in you know, any kind of community setting where you need to do, you know, community projects. Very, very cool thing. Anyways, um, I'm pretty sure Sandy said she makes some really amazing soul food. And I would love to take a little cooking lesson from her. 
And then the last one was the spiritual principle embodied in human beings. And I think that goes back to, like I said, that most religions say that we have a soul. Jesus also says in Mark, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? So it, he doesn't say that money is bad or that prestige is bad. But if it's not in connection, if it's not joining with your mind and your body and you're forfeiting your soul, what is good and what is right, and what is true, it's not a good thing. He also says in John chapter 12, 27, now my soul is troubled and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. This is Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he is troubled to the point of death. He is understanding, being so overwhelmed. And this verse is key because he knows where his soul is headed. And it's not because of what he had done. It is all for us. He will die and go to hell for our sins. And so his soul is troubled in his human mind and body. He feels this all the way down to his soul. So think about that and we'll take a little break for my Anchor Podcast break. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you know the story of Easter and how Jesus raises from the dead and stays on earth for another 40 days. He's seen by hundreds and he's still teaching his disciples how to move forward with this good news for our souls. So they know that he has... He was grieved to the point of death and he feels it in his soul. And now he, before he ascends to heaven, he spends time teaching and in prayer. And he explains exactly why our souls matter and how to be confident in that. In John 17, 3, he says, now this is eternal life that they know you only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. See, he says, your soul has a purpose and I have just served that purpose. And so when you know God and you know Jesus, you know eternal life. So Paul and Peter preach about this and preach about our souls and reiterate what Jesus told us. In Hebrews 6, 19, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Now, th that last part might not mean anything to you, but for the people of Israel who Paul was preaching to, the people of Israel were never allowed in the inner part of the temple sanctuary. That was 
only for the high priest. In fact, there was tons of rules about how to worship. And a lot of them really good. And a lot of them are still happening in churches all over. And depending on what church you go to, um, you know, like Roman Catholics and Greek Orthodox and um, some Lutherans and, you know, just I'm real limited on who uses a lot of the really old liturgies, um, incense and holy water and all of those kinds of things really did come from worshiping in the temple. But the, but they had rules about who could like be in that part because God was so valuable and so important. I don't know if I'm really making myself clear on that, but it was almost like we as people couldn't even speak his name. So that is where the name Yahweh came from because they were afraid to say the word God. But when Jesus died, the temple curtain was torn in two. It tore in two when he died. And it gives us that opportunity that we now can boldly see him. Our souls are welcome to be in the presence of God. As I say, to be face to face with God, which will be true when our souls go to heaven, because we will get a whole new body and we will see God. But here on earth, our souls are absolutely welcome in the inner sanctuary. And that is a pretty exciting thing. Peter talks about, for you are like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of our of your souls. I like that a whole lot. I wasn't quite sure how I was going to tell you today to take care of your soul. It was easy talking about our minds and our bodies because those can be exercised, so to speak. But I wasn't really sure how I was going to take this whole soul thing because it is intimate. It is personal. It is where we have all of those feelings and all of that love. And boy, if you want to see hundreds of quotes, look up quotes on soul and you get that deep, deep feeling of what a soul is. And I like how Peter says, for you are like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. So I've been pretty serious up to this point, And I do have a funny story about soul. In 10th grade, I was a cheerleader in high school. And our coach, who listens, so Phyllis, if you're listening, you'll remember this. We had a cheer about soul. And I'm going to say it slow and then you can do the cheer yourself. It goes S-O-U-L, soul, 
S-O-U-L, you got it. S-O-U-L, soul. What do you got? You got soul. Woo! And that part was super fun because we did maybe shake a little booty at that point. But normally there was no booty shaking because this was 1980-81 and we just weren't there yet. And so anyways, if you say that cheer with a ton of enthusiasm, loud and fast, and you really get the crowd going, if you are the front-facing cheerleaders in the student section, you know what they're saying. But if you are sitting behind the cheerleaders across the court in the parent section and the visiting parent section, and you say that cheer fast, S-O-U-L, soul, S-O-U-L, you got it, it actually sounds like you're calling someone in a hole. And you add the S's in there to make it the full word. And so people would complain and then they would say to our cheerleading coach, what are they saying? How is that acceptable? And so, yeah, that was the kibosh. And I was sad because that was a favorite cheer of mine because you got to do a little booty shake and you did a little woo. And it was just way fun. But yeah, bad news. Anyways, what we do with our mind and our body impacts our souls. How we live and act and what we say and what we do and how we love. You are unique. Your mind and how you think. The perfect shape of your body created by the creator of all. He enables you to use your mind and your body for your good and the good of others. Love God and love others. Like that um, Deuteronomy um, verse tells us and that Joshua shared and then Jesus reiterated. Isn't it amazing too that we have the one who is the overseer of our souls. Thanks for joining. Keep working on being the best version of you, mind, body, and soul. And with the help and grace of God, no doubt you are and will keep changing the world. Keep listening, friends. I'm Chrissy Baki, the hippie Christian who cares, and I really do care about you. Thank you.